Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and evidence in things not seen. One playwright wrote that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. So, uh, today is the 28th of uh, April, the last uh, Saturday in April. I'm Reg Clay and with Deb and Craig. How are you guys doing? Hello, good morning. Good morning. I'm <laughs> surprised we're almost at May. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Time flies, right? Uh, we are. Testing. All right. So, um, I'll open us up in prayer. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We, uh, we thank you so much for, um, for just blessing us uh, for every day, for uh, just the little miracles that uh, we hardly even notice uh, throughout our lives, just waking us up and uh, giving us the ability to, to breathe and to function and uh, to see the, the beauty that you give to us. We pray that you bless us as we go into your word and learn uh, what you have to teach to us. And we pray that everyone who listens to this podcast and who is touched by us will be touched by the love and the knowledge that you have to share to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So um, I've, we're going to focus on uh, actually two Bible verses, Zechariah, ninth chapter, s- I'm sorry, seventh chapter, ninth verse, and also Luke, 11th chapter, 50, verse 51. And uh, I can uh, read the. Yeah, hold on for a second. I've got this new iPad, so I, I and it has. Uh, there we go. Perfect. So here we go. Uh, this is uh, Zechariah seventh chapter, ninth verse. This is what the Lord, and this is the NIV version. This is what the Lord Almighty said: Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. And now I'm going to go into, because it sort of ties into it, Luke 11, chapter, uh, verse 51. Um, Actually, I'm going to go a little bit further. I'll go to verse 47. Woe to you, because you built tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you built their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. Who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary? Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it for it all. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourself have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. So 
So tell us, Reg, why these two uh, verses came to you this week and how they're tied together. <laughs> so Zechariah, I, I um, so there were a couple of things that happened. Uh, Craig, you and I were talking about um, having some new um, news Good news, because we always talk about bad news. We always talk about, you know, oh, there was a shooting and that happened here, and there was this that happened, and and we said, um, you know, what about the uh, the good news? And uh, mm-hmm. so we talked about some good news. So there was the uh, the guy um, at the Waffle House who had um, took the gun away from the uh, the killer. So there were there were some people who died, but he saved a lot of lives. Um, but also, you know, Zechariah talks about administering. Um, here, let me read the verse again. Uh, Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Um, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, fatherless the foreigner or the poor. Um, but show mercy and compassion to one another. Um, and so, you know, we've seen we've seen some some good you know things uh, happen in, in this week. Um, the uh, the female pilot who uh, who actually that's actually old news the southwest plane <laughs> yeah the southwest yeah, plane but she landed safely right exactly and um, I'll touch a little on Meek Mill Meek Mill was a Philadelphia rapper who was convicted of um, he was actually he was actually put on probation for five year for five years and it caught my eye because Robert Kraft who was a very conservative individual he's the owner of the Patriots. He actually flew out to sort of help Meek Mill get out of jail. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. What's going on here? Um, And finally, in researching what was happening, the officer who initially arrested uh, Meek Mill, who started off this whole thing, is a corrupt cop. And so you have an instance where the justice system says, hey, okay, we need to stop what's going on here. We're not saying that Meek Mill is innocent or guilty, but – the crime that he's been committed was based on faulty evidence. So that's number one. And number two, there was a chaplain uh, who used to be the chaplain for the uh, the House of Representatives who was – he resigned, but it was basically a forced resign. Mm-hmm. He, he was forced – he was told by Ryan to submit his resignation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there's been a lot of controversy with that. People are like, okay, what's going on? Why? Why was he forced out? I haven't heard a lot about it, though. Uh, I haven't. It, it just happened a couple of days ago, but it yeah, was based on uh, pe- people are saying that it's based on um, a prayer that he gave in November while Congress was uh, debating um, tax reform. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that the tax reform really benefited the rich, Donald Trump's friends. And I guess in essence, that's what his prayer was uh, reflecting, and mm-hmm. and everybody sat there and had to listen to it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then pass the bill anyway. <laughs> so I think, I think what motivated me was looking at justice. And when I, when I think about the House of Representatives, I think about, you know, like, in all, I mean, they're not a judicial branch, but they're a legislative branch. But these are individuals who are responsible for writing laws mm-hmm. to help our lives, mm-hmm. not to, you know, banish someone or to restrict, um, uh, restrict, um, I don't know, peace and freedom throughout the United States uh, to us. So They're supposed to protect our freedom. Right, exactly, not not to hinder yeah. it and whatever. And in the Meek Mill thing, we have uh, a justice that has corrected itself. So, And there's been a lot of talk about um, how the justice system, you know, oppresses people, whether you're Latino, like let's say the um, the ICE raids and that sort of stuff, 
and black people, and uh, I'm sure there are other minorities who feel uh, oppressed and not. And also, we can talk about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was uh, convicted mm. this week. Just don't talk about Kanye right now. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about. I don't know about the controversy. I'm sorry, but um, a lot of women, you know, um, like Andrea Constance, as much as felt, I love the tunes, felt that uh, justice, you know, did not help her in the first trial because he was found not. Gu- no, it was a hung jury. Yeah. So, um, administering true justice and not superficial. You know, there are a lot of. Um, I mean, when I think about. Congress, um, you can say, you know, Congress, like when I hear Paul Ryan, he talks about <clears throat> being there for the people, but is he really? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting you chose uh, mm-hmm. those two uh, pieces of scripture because, Debbie, you were talking about how the book of Zechariah is, is um, rebuilding. It, well, it's, it's kind of um, constructed in three sections and specifically kind of like. Here are the laws of the people, and here's the plan we have, and here's the here's the structure of how how we want you to uh, you know behave and worship and conduct yourselves. And then the eleventh chapter of Luke is set up in three different constructs too, where it's like uh, the disciples are mm-hmm. are asking Christ, okay, well, how do we pray? How do we mm-hmm. actually you know? I mean, we're, we're com- coming against institutions here, mm-hmm. institutions of the Pharisees and the old religions. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. how do we exhibit ourselves in this kind of formal, lawful way? Right. The first part is like you're fair. And, and then the parts that you mm-hmm. picked out in the latter part of, uh, of uh, chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, yeah. is kind of the the denunciation of – the old ways, right? You know, and and, act, and, and, act. and 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 how to how to how to be genuine and authentic, mm-hmm. you know, within within yeah. you know the 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 love of God, right. and still yeah understand like well this is how you figure out what's right what's right. wrong. In both know. instances, before you jump in, Deb, um, you have in both Zechariah and in the book of Luke, you have two groups of people who are asking, how do we do it? How do we praise? Uh, God, what is the proper way of doing it? In the latter part, Jesus is condemning the the um, Pharisees mm-hmm. of being superficial, and he actually references Zechariah mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah, so yeah, no, no, I, I was works together. Mm-hmm. I was thinking really about well. how in Zechariah he's trying to get them excited about mm-hmm. God again mm-hmm. because they're rebuilding their their community, they're rebuilding their temple. Yeah, people haven't been going to temple. Right, it's been sitting there for like twenty years in disarray. And then in um, Luke, you know, he's also saying it's simple. It's the simple, basic truths and tenets I've been telling you. Mm-hmm. All the Beatitudes, yes. you know, yes. look, at, look at your brothers and care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love in Luke where he's, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock yeah. and the door will be opened. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I'll give a little context as to uh, Zechariah. So Zechariah is a prophet under the king Darius the first, and I'm not going to get into you know the semantics of Darius, but basically, he hears a a, a vision or he sees a vision of of his being proclaimed king, and uh, there had been also sort of uh, here. Let me get into my notes here. Uh, done. There we go. Yeah, so Darius, uh, the ruler of Persia, uh, the eldest of five sons, and there's a whole sorts of controversy that goes in. But 
there have been a lot of rulers uh, prior to Darius. Uh, Cambrisus II, and then um, there was a pretender, Guan Guamata, uh, pretending to be the brother brother uh, Bardia. So I think that's the reason why the temples had not been um, no one had been going to the temples because he had these other kings who really didn't uh, believe in in God. And now Darius comes in, and you have Zechariah, who people go to as the prophet, who hears the word of God. And, they, and they're saying, hey, how do we do this? You know, we have these old ways of doing things. And it sort of mirrors what we've, we've mentioned uh, Paul and how Paul is writing to the Corinthians and the, uh, the Ephesians and the Romans because he's, he's, they're building the modern church. And people want to know, okay, well, we've worked, we did things the old way and the new way, so what is the correct way? And, uh, and you know, Zechariah is basically saying, you know, um, yeah, we'll jump back into the. It's uh, basically the saying, live yeah. your lives by the tenets and manifests of God that we've already given you. Exactly. Do, you don't have to do anything fancy. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's just very simple. Let your life be led by God. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So previously, uh, in verse five, and um, then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me: Ask all of the people of the land. And the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous, and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? I think what he's saying here is, when you did all of these things, who did you do it for? Did you just do it because someone told you to do it? Mm-hmm. Or did you do it because you really were com- trying to communicate to God? Were you really trying to give praise to God? Mm-hmm. And that, that connects to all of us. And to be filled by his message. Mm-hmm. And we were saying that there's a lot of superficial, that word that you used before, yeah. Christians that are parading their Christianity yeah. instead of actually living mm-hmm. it. Yeah, when, when I think about, oh, I'll let you go ahead and Craig. Well, that's, a, you know, that's what you got in Luke too. And he's rebuking the Pharisees. He's saying like, mm-hmm. you know, you talk the talk, but you don't actually do right. what, what you're, exactly. what you're professing. Exactly. And, uh, and I, I can tell, you know, I, I can kind of get the sense like the disciples going like, well, okay, we're, we are humble. I mean, we're poor. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're hungry. Mm-hmm. We're roaming around without any kind of idea idea about what's going to happen no to shelter. our to our future <laughs> yeah. you know and, and 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 you're saying follow me we're following you and he gives them you know a lot of hope and especially in luke i think one of my favorites in the i'm glad you picked 11 but mm-hmm. i'm just going to hit on it real quickly is uh sure. verse 33 and 34 mm-hmm. you know whereas i think people have always heard like don't don't hide your light under a bushel Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which means yeah. which means like don't give up what's pure and beautiful in you, yeah, and mm-hmm. hide it from the world, yeah. Bring it out. Be proud of of, of the love and gifts and the light that is within you. Mm-hmm. So with this humility comes this like real encouragement. Like you got talent, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't hide it. Yeah. Be you know be bold. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then that's after that. That's when he. That's when Christ goes on and just like starts. Reading the riot act to these Pharisees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little light of mine. This yeah. little light of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's in Luke 11. If you go to verse uh, 17, um, 
this obviously was a favorite of Abraham Lincoln, who used it in his uh, House Divided speech. I think this was his, the Senate debate between him and Stephen Douglas. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 17 says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided itself against itself will fall. I think we recognize that verse. I recognize it to apply to today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people have been using that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think, and I think Jesus is saying, listen, if we have Christians who are divided by, well, how do we praise you? Mm. Or Christians divided between the superficial and the real Christians, the Christians who are really trying to get close to God and tr- get closer to his understanding and, and living you know, a pure life, mm-hmm. uh, as pure life as we possibly can. If we have these divide these divides, mm. it's there's a problem. So, um, I mean, when so when I think about uh, the the guy at the Waffle House, there were a lot of folks at that Waffle House, but he was the only one who stepped up and said, "Hey, I got to do something," and that's that, that's amazing. I mean, not that anyone. I mean, of course, sure, the cops are like, "Hey, don't be a hero and don't throw yourself out," but he was one who. Something within himself says, hey, I've got to do something. I've got to help these people, and I've yeah. got to help. I mean, he was also helping himself, but I think his first thought was, mm-hmm. there's an opening. Yeah. And I can try. Yeah. Ris- risking death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I wish. And in, a, and in our lives, I think, you know, we're called every day to kind of like pull something, pull something forward. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think only a, you know, a narcissist would ever come into any situation and, you know, mm-hmm. and – and think like, okay, what can I get out of this? Yeah, <laughs> you know. But but um, and I, there are plenty of those. <laughs> there are plenty of. <laughs> well, it's it's it seems like that's the that's the default in, in instinct is like, you know, what's it, in it for me? Yeah. Well, anytime somebody tells you, hey, Devin, I really need you to, um, you know, can you can you uh, do this favor for me? And then it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> the first thing is like. Well, well, I know, but, it, but how early but is it? How, Greg? how <laughs> well, what's in it for me? This is like, but but that happens to me on a uh, you know a daily basis, a daily interaction, and it, yeah. and it's something I I I, I want to try to like that guy in the Waffle House. I want to try to kind of like make something else the default. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like go to, yeah, you know, kind of instinct. And I'm, yeah. s- I'm sure his instinct was, I think he said his, in- my instinct was to find a place to hide from this bullshit, this yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, th- but then something else happened. Sure. Something else. And he, and, and I think he, he even said like, you know, no, 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 I was just doing this for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about yeah. like, you know, the fact honest. that I, you know, yeah. confront this guy, I'm helping other people. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I was like, this is my, you know, my survival thing. I was yeah. just like, well, shoot, that's not bad. That's better than cowering. <laughs> you know, you yeah. probably would have gotten shot cowering. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that right. Wow. There's a fascinating verse here in Luke 11, um, and usually I parse the stuff out, but maybe we can parse it out our, uh, while we're no, here. This is fine. <laughs> when it, okay, so here's Jesus talking. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through in places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Now, that's pretty powerful. I mean, he's basically saying that, you know, even though I've casted a demon out of you, the demon can come back in. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, maybe he's saying, listen, and because you're I stronger, it needs bigger power on their end to sh- sure. ruin yeah. what you've put together. And I, I think it's possible that Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to I'm going to leave so I can do this for you. But you're going to have to keep, you know, it's like if I have a, a person cleaning my house, I bring someone in, pay him some money. Can you clean the house for me? It's up to me to maintain that. Yeah. And if I don't, then it'll just get dirtier, maybe even get worse. So, what I mean, what do you think, Craig? I don't know. You know, I mean, that's, I, I, it's it's kind of weird. I'm looking at the whole structure of the chapter. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It, of the Luke. Of the Luke. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it seems to kind of ramble and go in these different tangents a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but the the return of the, that, the return of the spirit, the mm-hmm. return of that. Yeah. Is, I you know, I, you know, I, I, I guess it's foreboding, but it's also reality. Yeah. You know, for a lot of these people, I mean, they, you know, Christ is coming in and saying, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. it's all this really new, great, great shit to listen to. Listen mm-hmm. to me." And then he's like saying, "Like, you know, yeah." And then what happens when the carnival leaves town? Sure. You know? verse, verse nineteen <laughs> says this. You know, what do you take with you, and what yeah. do you keep? And this is the kind of the first place where he starts to prepare them for that. Right, right. right? I think so. And where the Pharisees start to yeah, literally yeah, they, nail him to the cross. So right. verse verse nineteen right. says, "Now if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you." So it sounds like, um, because I know the Pharisees are judging him. You know, they they saw him drive out the demon. Matter of fact, it was, it was the uh, the podcast that we had a couple of um, couple of podcasts ago, where they 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 hear you know they say God Jesus must be crazy. Oh, that was yeah, Mark last week. Right, know, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, one of, one of the citizens says, "Well, no, he can't be crazy because he drived out a demon," mm-hmm. and. Um, so I think that um, Jesus is saying, listen, if you if you say that I'm not, you know, the son of God or if the Pharisees have a problem with me, what what have you done? You know, by whom do your followers drive them out? So but I think you're right. I think that, you know, once the carnival has gone, once Jesus is gone, it's up to us. It's up to us to clean our house and maintain and the cleanliness yeah. and, and to guard it. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe, yeah. which is verse 21 of Luke 11. Mm-hmm. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides upon his up, up, divides his up his spoils. plunder. Yeah. yeah. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. I like that he says scatters, not just... That yeah. you're against me. <laughs> if you're not, w- you know, you hear that phrase. If you're not with me, you're against me. But mm-hmm. he's like, if you're not with me, you're scattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and if also you're with me, yeah. you're focused and you have a track and you're there's a path. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned scattered because in Zechariah seven, we also hear scattered. When verse thirteen, when I'm called, they do not listen. They did not listen. So when they called, I would I would not listen. Says the Lord Almighty, I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where there were strangers. The land they left behind was so desolate that no one traveled through it. This is how they made the pleasant land desolate. So funny. You kind of hit on that word scattered because mm-hmm. we used that last week as well. We were talking about the sheep. When the wolf comes, weeks, yeah. mm-hmm. when the wolf comes, he, takes right, the he, 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 he scatters. scatters the sheep. That's he, right. Like, and they're all like, 
chaos. Uh, yeah, there's chaos, and then yeah. you know they're they're like afraid, mm-hmm. without any kind of focus, yeah, and so forth. And he he uses that Christ uses that sheep shepherd thing yeah. a lot because yeah. you know there were people could identify everyday people could identify with those. Mm-hmm. These are you know that's the work in Joe. Yeah, is yeah. the, the is a shepherd. And when you I know? think of, when I think about scattering, I think about social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatever. Like, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had his, uh, the committee, he sat before the Senate and the House or whatever. But when you think about social media, there's individuality. People are trying to get their own voice out. Mm-hmm. When I think about, you know, there's always a tug of war between unity, people coming together, mm-hmm. and people, you know, expressing themselves individuality, mm-hmm. i.e. almost like sheep sort of scattering themselves. I'm not, I'm not being against individuality. No, no, it's something to consider. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I remember at Easter time, I got a little bit depressed because, you know, I kept thinking like, yeah, all these people were unified, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, around Christ. But it's sure. like, they also were like, there was, but where are they, they also were a mob. It was a mob <laughs> that did this. Oh, and it's yeah, like, yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't know if I trust me around all these people, you know, they, they're, they're, they're capable of, of devastating things. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to be a part of that community? And I was like, I really think that it kind of really got brought back into the message of like, nah, yeah, but there's a shepherd, you know, there's mm-hmm. a leader, there's a, there, there's, there's a God, there is a, a focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason and, and a reason to be together for that focus, right? you know? Right. So, but trusting, trusting the mob, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's no, a tough you're one. trusting your leader. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're trusting, you're trusting your leader. Yeah. You're trusting um, your shepherd. Yeah. Well, you'd know. hope that. The word of God brings us together. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's why that we're Christians, and that's why we believe in Him. And how do we know God? Mm-hmm. You know, to know to know someone is to love someone. It's like a, when you're in a relationship. How do you know you love someone mm-hmm. by you know you communicate with them and you're with them every day and you feel comfortable around them? Mm-hmm. And we think that that brings us to closer to God mm-hmm. by reading the Bible, and it brings us closer to each other. I think there's a difference between a mob and um, a community. There is. There is, but, but communities can turn into mobs, is what they, you know, they, your they point can. is. I mean, that's that's what, on what your foundation is. That's yeah. one of the reasons it's like, oh, thank goodness, there's a priest here. You know, he can yeah. remind us that we're all supposed to love <laughs> well, one, love one another. And that's the point. Well, but that's why we see a lot of, in particular, my religion and Catholics turning away from the church because they trusted in their leaders, oh. and then they discover their leaders do things. Oh, so, sure. And then they they give up their religion. Oh my yeah. goodness! There are so many Catholics that right. are no longer Catholics because of you know of, the I think, priests. I think of Pope Pius the Ninth, and then you're like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and, and and I can see why people have a lot of distaste. And I have the same kind of like you know, like I said about like, oh God, it was that mob that kind of just stood by and let that happen. Mm-hmm. Not just the people who did it, but the people who just like watched. You know, yeah. I, but one of the reasons I keep coming back to my being like you know, a proponent for the Christian message is that one of the neat things about, you know, the story of Christ is that, you know, he was flesh and blood. Yep. You know, I mean, he was, he was, he was, a, he was a real person. He walked am- amongst us, had the same kind of, you know, hungers and pains and doubts and aches and, 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 and aspirations and that any human being, you know, it, you know, gets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, I have a direct identity, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a direct kind of like, well, that's that's a part of my life. It's visceral to me. Yeah. You know, rather than just, you know, celebrating, you know, some kind of amorphous idea. 
Sure. You know. Well, I mean, one of the reasons why we are brought together is because, you know, we are connected to God and we want to be closer to the Bible. You know, we're not saying that we are experts of the Bible. We jump into it and we ask questions and we try to find the answers within ourselves Mm -hmm. and we share that. But it's the Bible that is our foundation. We have that common exactly foundation and to jump into luke 11 so the context of luke 11 so the pharisees invite jesus for supper matter of fact i'll read um, yeah exactly (laughs) there's there's stuff going on there's politics going on so verse 37 of luke 11 when jesus had finished speaking a pharisee invited him to eat with him so he went in and reclined at the table but the pharisee was surprised when he noticed that jesus did not first wash before the meal before the meal how dare him yeah How rude of him. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisee, clean. Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now for as what is inside you. Be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. And then it goes on. Woe to you Pharisees, because you gave God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Mm-hmm. And he keeps on. He just piles on. Yeah, yeah. And they got mad. Yeah, and they got mad. And this is the <laughs> nucleus of their plot to kill Jesus Christ. Well, uh, there are so many rules and regulations of Jewish <laughs> law. It's like... Oh, sure. That's why you spend years and years in Hebrew school. Mm-hmm. It, but it's go, kind of can be oppressive. Yeah. And, and so that's why he was so mm-hmm. radical because yeah. he's like, you don't have to do all these rituals. Yeah. Just be true to God. Right. But when I, when you think about rules and I mean, even today's rules and regulations, like let's say if you've ever gotten, a, I don't know, a parking ticket or if you've got busted by the police, are the rules there to help us to live us a better society or is it there to oppress us? I mean, are, you know, there are there. Um, there are some laws that do some and yeah. some that do the other. And, and there are some <laughs> enforcers of the law who sometimes don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. I.e. Pharisees or whatever. And like, oh, we, there's a serial. So they caught a serial killer. Recently, who was a, yeah. Who was a former cop. Yeah. Who used the badge to do his own to little thing. People. And I'm not going to get into the Meek Mill thing or whatever. And actually, I like I have a, I have a bunch of friends, a, a good friend of mine, uh called me up this week who has been uh, in law enforcement for 30 years and he's fantastic and he is dedicated to his job so and you know we talked and we shot the breeze or whatever but there are you know individuals who abuse the law under the rule of law um, I mean as as an officer and getting back to Congress getting to our president or whatever I mean not to you know dump on it or whatever but if you're going to Lost my train of thought, but it, but, um, but you, if if you're I going, think you're yeah, well, I think you know what yeah, you what, said about yeah, paying the, the What you're saying about paying the parking ticket? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're looking up this guy Pruitt, the EPA. I mean, here, there here's here's someone you know who's who's for the benefit mm-hmm. of the administration and of the people who agree with the the, the new policies. Ripping away regu- regulations, mm-hmm. taking away all these like laws, sure, you know, against uh, polluters mm-hmm. and so forth, and uh, 
and trying to sell it as a package like mm-hmm. this is for your good this is for for you because this means freedom mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about you know you know you know putting that crap yeah. or not putting that crap in the river mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i think what jesus you know? is saying is you may be holders of the law but do you understand why it's there? I mean, mm-hmm. why we have the word of God here? I think it's over, not just to oppress people he, to say. And he's not he's not doing it in some kind of like nicey nice way. Right. I think he says over and over in Luke, you fools. He starts every sentence exactly. with like, you fools that's right. who do this particular thing yep. and don't do that particular yep, thing. Yep, that's you, exactly right. You fools. And then at one point he says something really kind of weird. He says like something like, you know, you. You are like unseen graves where all the people just walk all right, over you and don't even know you're there. Yeah, woe to you because <laughs> you are like unmarked graves. Which people walk over without knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you think you're doing a service. Mm-hmm. No one's listening to your, your crap. Right. No one's – everybody knows yeah. that, that, that you're, you're, you're hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And it ties into what you were saying, Deb, about <laughs> – uh, this is another podcast where – People pick up Bible verses mm-hmm. as if they're memes or if yeah. they're sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, nice, friendly little things to talk about. Mm-hmm. But they for some folks, exactly there's no means. substance behind it. Yeah. No, he gets invited to dinner and he yeah. tells them over and over again they're fools. And they don't, right, exactly. And he leaves and they're like, their feelings are really hurt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but more if than I'm, that, there's a – If I'm not mistaken, Jesus just <coughs> cast out a demon from someone. Yeah, yeah he just And they're, they're chastising him. Ooh, you didn't wash your hands. Well, no. and they think that they're the most pious people in the land. So for yeah. somebody else to claim that they are not. Right. After mm-hmm. all the work that they have done to learn all the laws and be clean mm-hmm. and, yeah. and follow that path. Sure. This was this was way radical. Yeah. Way radical politics. Yeah. I think when you think about like the Cosby thing, I wonder what would have happened without Me Too. The Me Too movement. That's that exactly it, right. It I mean, would it, it, would it have happened without the, the mm-hmm. community of women coming together and repeatedly, incessantly showing like, this is not going away. What we're doing is we're shining a big old light Mm -hmm. on this right now. I think it was Will Smith. Will Smith, who, that's where I was talking to you, who came on came on, uh, I think he was on some talk show, and he said like, you know, the world isn't more prejudiced than it was. It's just that it's being filmed now. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. You know, I mean, the light of, Mm -hmm. the light of you yeah. know, people knowing and yeah. and having this kind of like, oh wow, that's crap. Yeah, that's unjust. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna share that damn post. Yeah, you yeah. know, or whatever. You know, and you know what's interesting when we think about the civil rights movement. There had been a civil rights movement even before Martin Luther King Jr. But the advent of television, television was, didn't yeah, really come to be filmed. until the '50s, and now with investigative journalism, which was new in the '50s and the early '60s, you can actually see. You know, what was happening on the streets in Birmingham and, you know, police officers sicking dogs on people and um, people being shot. Yeah, people being shot and all <laughs> that stuff. Um, but also going back to uh, to what you were saying, the Me Too movement. I mean, a lot of people can poo poo. Oh, my God, everything is being filmed now. And now we're just seeing all sorts of bad news or whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, so the jurors who were there for Bill Cosby, obviously all of them, I think there were a couple of holdouts who were like, well, I've always loved Bill Cosby. And mm-hmm. my God, look what he's done for the community and what have you. Those are some of the holdouts. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I, you know, when you have a jury come in, how is the jury influenced? They're influenced by everything that they see every day. And if they don't have a Me Too movement, how can they be influenced yeah. by what the victims go through, what women go through? Well, they had additional women testify. Yeah. Than the That's right. Trial as well. That's right. So there was a broader spectrum of impact. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very yeah, good but point. Would have that? Would but those women may not have come forward have, yeah, without right. the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they probably didn't. You know, before, you know, like I don't need this aggravation. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I already, I already feel, you know, violated. Yeah. Right. You know, do I want to be violated publicly now? Mm-hmm. And and so it's given it's given women a whole new tenor to have a voice. Yes, you know? like the women who were testifying in the Olympic positions. That's right. right. And That's you're just exactly like, right. And he had to sit there and listen out, to everyone. Out of the woodwork. Everybody, you know, everybody bonded together and said like, you know, yeah, sure, we're going to get criticized. That mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened without the Me Too movement no. because women are told not to talk about these things. No. Yeah, yeah. That's it, exactly right. Yeah, and it's it, it, and hopefully it will keep happening. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Shine your light. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people may say a lot For of justice. people may say a lot of you know bad things about you know you know social media and the ills of it, but they said mm-hmm. the same thing about radio and yeah, and the telephone and, and the movies that we know, even the newspapers. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. Every, when people started to read, everything starts out <laughs> as kind of like ooh, a scary, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fad that's that's you know full of evil and you know could go wrong. Yes, that's true, but it, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's being used to kind of create these movements throughout this country and the world. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just the benefits far out, far outweigh the evils. Exactly. I agree. Like the mm-hmm. impact of of social media and boostering the kids who are marching That's against right. gun violence. That's exactly right. And how yeah. everyone around the world also marched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty but powerful. And they're influencing um, individuals to run, to run mm-hmm. for office. There are lots of pe- new people um, registered Democrats and independents who are who are running because people saying, are seeing a lot of injustice. In yeah, the world they say instead of waiting for the change, they're becoming the change. And all these neo Nazis who've been hiding in the hills of mm-hmm. you know or Montana, I mean, it's like all of a sudden they're filming themselves too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's this kind of exposure. That's mm-hmm. one of the mobs that I'm kind of like freaked about, really. But you know, there's this exposure to it. There's this like, you know, this light mm-hmm. that's going to kind of like you know. You know how China has that new rating system for its citizens? Oh. You get a rating mm-hmm. depending on your use of social media, things that you buy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was rating? thinking. Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking, wow, if we did this in America, we would all mm-hmm. be screwed. Well, <laughs> you know, I think, there's, I think there's sort of an invisible rating system. I mean, if you think about, if you think about advertisers who, mm-hmm. who collect our information, yeah. whether it be Cambridge Analytical or whoever's – collecting whatever information we have we sort of are being rated mm-hmm. reg clay loves he's shopped for a sofa yeah so let's but, well but i was thinking like yeah. in our um our conservative christian oh, leadership sure. base yeah if mm-hmm. they were the ones doing our ratings mm-hmm. we would be screwed <laughs> in our conservative oh, that's yeah. Well, well, yeah that's because in china <laughs> it's the government's morality that mm-hmm. decides what your rating is oh right. what interesting right <laughs> I wanted to dive back it's into not how many points you get at the Piggly Wiggly. Or <laughs> yeah. Anything. Oh goodness. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you know. We complain about America, but you know, would we rather live here than you know in China or what have you? I would rather live in Europe. <laughs> that would be cool. So one of the experts in the law answered him. This is uh, verse forty-five of Luke eleven. We're sort of diving into. Luke We're all 11 over here. the map, people. Oh, you want to read? He says, script, teacher. <laughs> When you say these things, you insert us. You insult us also. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. 
Yeah. And I don't have to. And you and you talked about it, Deb, earlier in this podcast, how the laws, you know, there's just so many laws that just, you know, weighed people down. And I think it's the reason why Jesus came to sort of say, listen, I know you had the Old Testament and the law of Moses and all of these other things. Don't do this, do this, do that, do this. Just, you know, follow the commandments, you know, love me and love your neighbor. Mm hmm. That we're also imposing laws that mm-hmm. are hurting our neighbors. Well, sure. Well, the, the Pharisees DACA, are. The, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in our oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. You're we're right. We're passing a lot of laws or proposing a lot of laws that are harmful. Well, Dr. $30,000 dining room table. What is oh, sure. He, he's, yeah. he wants, he's proposing is a that law Carson? that. Yes. Ben yeah. Carson. He's proposing a law that low-income housing rates he, he be tripled. To, yeah. He wants to. He ha- wants to triple the minimum rent. Yeah. They can barely, and he's like, because it'll make them, it'll inspire it'll them for, to. Yeah, because to obviously they're be lazy. You know, people people, people want to live jobs. in Section Eight housing. People want to live in the projects. Unbelievable. People <laughs> are working two jobs to afford the rent that they have now. Mm-hmm. They barely see their children. Yeah, and and he wants to triple it. Listen, I'll tell you a quick story. So I had a girlfriend. This That's is uh, in my NYU days, and she. Um, she and her family lived in the housing projects, and I think she had six siblings uh, along with her mother and father, so that's eight people in the house. And they're fr- they were from uh, Haiti, and they had a very hard time, the mother and father, getting a job. And we're talking about the late 80s. So if you think about, you know, black folks being oppressed now, mm-hmm. think about it, you know, like in the late 80s, and you're also a foreigner. Yeah. So, you know, you have your visa issue, you're trying to find a job, and, you know, if you're... I mean, who knows what your your status is, but it's 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 tough getting a job, especially a good paying job. So and I remember walking her home and, you know, like taking her to like the 35th floor and their drug dealers, you know, all through the hallways and stuff like that. And I want to walk her there because, you know, as a young girl, she could have gotten raped and all sorts. I mean, the stuff that happens in these housing projects are just absolutely horrible. No one but, wants but there to are a live lot there. Of, right. But there are also a lot of hardworking families that look out for each other. That's exactly in right. The, in those and the last thing they need is, you know, to have, you know, to be, told, to have, to be oppressed more. Yeah, you're lazy, so I'm going to raise your rent and, you know, go get a better job or go get a job, you know. Um, but we're not going to help you get the job. No. So... Well, you know, at, at this time, and, and like at mm-hmm. this time in Sacramento, just like the time now, you know, there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, stratifying mm-hmm. of, of people. You know, there were the, the higher ups, and then the ones under them, and under them, and under mm-hmm. them, and people kept very, you know, close to their group. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's all they had. They could they couldn't go high, they couldn't go low. Mm-hmm. Here we're. We're told here that you know you can you can be anything you can have anything you know sure. land of the free but more and more you know it's this stratification and this se- segregation of different mm-hmm. people that's what I love about this message throughout you mm-hmm. know, Luke is because he hits on it all the time you know we are you know just one folk here mm-hmm. and that goes for the foreigner yep and that goes for the slave and that goes for we are one folk. Mm-hmm. We're one. There's only one. It goes for the lepers. Yeah. It goes for the. Yeah. There's only one rule: love everybody. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's not love mm-hmm. these people more, mm-hmm. respect these people more. Right. You know, don't think about those guys, those yeah. unclean guys. No, it's it's love everybody. That's right. Everybody. Yep. You know, I mean, I think of this caravan of people at the, down at the San Diego border right now. And, oh yeah. You know, and they're just like 
we, you know, we came here because, you know, we we're refugees from our land. Yeah. And, you know, we need the world to open up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's not like we it's not like we would rather be at home. We'd love to be at home. But sure. people kill us there. Right. <laughs> you know, well, our children starve there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the whole welfare mom thing, I mean, that was created in, by Ronald Reagan mm -hmm. so he can win the nomination in 1980. Mm -hmm. But it was based on a farce. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't want to be poor. People don't want to. I mean, I remember holding, you know, um, what do they call them? Food stamps back back in the day. Um, and we hated it. You know, we, we didn't want to. So people need help. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are some, I guess, lazy folks and maybe they need do there does need to be welfare reform but to to have the notion that people want to be in poverty that people want to live out on the streets is, is just absolutely ridiculous right. i wanted to uh, to touch on this i know that we've been sort of scattershot I'm sorry <laughs> no 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 it's fine we had talked uh during breakfast i mentioned an article about um in new york so there's this uh, there's this private school and um the principal wanted to open up the private school to lower income kids so that they can get the knowledge and the opportunity to better themselves. But he had to ask the parents because the parents are the paying customers, if, so, if you will. Mm -hmm. They're paying, you know, top dollar for their kids to go to this, you know, uh, upscale school in New York. And the parents are like, oh, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't want my kids to, to deal with those kids. And mm -hmm. that's not fair. You know, our kids earned the right. I paid top dollar to put my kid in these schools. And the teacher was like, you know, that's really unfair. I mean, the principal was like, that's really, really unfair. I mean, we want our kids to be taught to live in a diverse world, mm -hmm. uh, to to talk to kids. And even if the kid, if your kid is smarter than the other kid, they can teach that other kid to 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 be on their level. And uh, yeah, I don't know how long you can keep this NIMBY stuff up. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I grew up with it too. When Sue's soon as uh, the schools started being integrated mm -hmm. and that was in that was in you know the very first my very first second no i was one of the very first kids mm -hmm. gonna be bust that's right mm -hmm. from one side of town to the next yeah. and so forth too, yeah. yeah in yeah. second grade and uh and my parents you know you know got up and moved they moved to the suburbs so they call it white flight oh you know and just yeah. to, like oh, really yeah because they, they were like you know we don't need this mm. you know they, they had the same kind of argument those parents had it's like hey sure the reason I pay taxes and the reason I have this privilege is yeah. so, so I can, when I see, you know, like them coming at me, yeah, you know, yeah. then uh, I can get up and leave. Yeah. I have the power to do that. But it's like, how mm -hmm. far can we keep moving away sure. before? Yeah. I think that's the principal's attitude. It's like, how far can you keep moving away before mm -hmm. the inevitable happens and you have to actually, yeah. you know, Interact. be with one yeah. another? Yeah. And there, there was also a black perspective in the 90s, especially in Washington, D.C. There was an Afrocentric movement mm -hmm. where principals had this crazy idea. Our black kids should just go to a black school, just exclusively black. No mm -hmm. whites, no Latinos, no Asians, just because our kids will be better. They'll feel better being among our own people, mm -hmm. which is also segregation, yeah. which I – and luckily that movement died out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's as short-sighted as the, as the opposite, which hasn't mm -hmm. been working that great anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know? They just have money to perpetuate it. Just yeah. money to perpetuate <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Luke 11, going back to 11, 52, and I know we've been scattershot, but I think if I had to put a button on it, 52, woe to you experts in the law. 
because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourself have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. And a little bit afterwards, when Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. So even after everything that Jesus said, you know, this they it just sailed right oh. over their heads. Oh, yeah. They began to plot. Well, they, well, their feelings were hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love this. What were you experts in the law? See, yeah. these are experts of the law, but they're not applying it. I mean, why would you? Be, it's like, why would you be a lawyer? You, you think you would be a lawyer to help people? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always amazed at um, some defense attorneys. You know, they went into law school to I don't know to be a Perry Mason to help the oppressed and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. somewhere along the line for some of these folks, they wind up, you know, representing, I don't know, Ted Bundy or they represent, you know, a drug dealer mm-hmm. or someone who's going to pay him a lot of money. Like Cohen, mm-hmm, maybe. the guy <laughs> who's representing Donald Trump. <laughs> no, Donald didn't, you know, Donald didn't give me thirty $130,000. That was me. I did it. I paid Stormy Daniels. He paid me a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then Trump earlier this week, you know, basically hey, said – Said that yes, uh, you know Trump. Yes, he represented me. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. What what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, your ideal, their idealism, kind of gets swept away. Yeah, and I think the idealism in you know lawmakers, it could be cops, it could be members of the House of Representatives. Actually, it could be you and I. Like we have these ideal moments, Mm -hmm. like being a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be Christian because I love Jesus Christ and I love. The people, you know, uh, fellow my fellow Christians, and there are some Christians, unfortunately, who are like, well, I want to be my, among my kind of Christians. Yeah. Sure. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean. I that's normal. You want to be with a community that mm-hmm. that reminds you of the things that you want sure. to be. Sure. But you can take it to the extreme where yeah. you isolate. Yeah, I guess I guess so. But to me, there's always something lost with that. Mm-hmm. Even if you are like, you know, say within the church and within the community, it seems like. There's still something lost if you're not, you know, reaching out more. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, every single thing that Christ says to these Pharisees is a real challenge. You'd think that one of them, just one, mm-hmm. would go like, uh, maybe he's right. You know, I'm kind of full of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna maybe t- one of them did. Maybe one of them sure. did. Sure. I don't know. I keep waiting for one of these outgoing retiring Republicans to kind of get that yeah. idea. It's like, but that's a good play yeah, for yeah. you to write, you guys. The Pharisee that thought, <laughs> maybe he's right. The one that got away. The one that was like, <laughs> he's, you know? he's right. You know, yeah. so like, I'm going to. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this new kind of justice. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Because, you know, I think, yeah, I've been hearing the same kind of grumblings. Nobody's listening yeah. to, to us. And they all think we're pious and, mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of, you know, blowhards. who yeah. don't practice what we preach. And yeah. Would there, could there have been one? Yeah. Have you noticed there's a lot of Christian media out there? Like there was that Christmas movie for kids and now – you know, we've seen Jesus Christ Superstar on oh, television. Sure, sure. There's a TV show about a guy mm-hmm. who is trying to live by the Bible. Oh, I didn't oh, hear really? about that. Have you seen that? Oh, no. I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Okay. It's it's a comedy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hope I mean, so. is it restrictive? <laughs> is it sort of like the religious right, or is it really trying to? I mean, like when I think of Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't think of it as restrictive. I think it's it's a Christian message, but it tries to. Well, I guess what everyone. I'm saying is that there's just a lot of. Christian messaging at the forefront yeah. that I'm seeing. That is interesting. Recently, I, I sort of noticed that too. Well, maybe that's uh, maybe that's a part of this uh, 
this new kind of like interaction that everybody has. We're mm -hmm. getting even the ideas that, you know, have been kind of like, you know, considered old school. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, well, that's that's what old people do is they go to. <laughs> mm -hmm. It may be they because, you yeah. know, I'm noticing it because we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. may be true as well. No, yeah, maybe so. Maybe well, so. I mean, Jesus Christ Superstar, I mean, that was, I mean, with that John Legend, that was huge. That that spread out to everyone. I, thought I think it, they I got thought very good, good ratings, too. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And when it first came out, it kind of brought like a really mm -hmm. new message to it. Yeah, all, you know, yeah. To, to all that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the message here that Jesus is trying to articulate, and also what Zechariah is trying to articulate, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be, you know, um, experts of the law, you know, a reader of the Bible, how are you applying it? What what is the what's the purpose behind it? Mm -hmm. Is it just to uplift yourself, or you know, if you had ideal an ideology a pure ideology do you still hold on to that ideology or are you using it for your own purpose mm -hmm. to weigh people down or to just lift yourself at the expense of others well <coughs> to me then you know there are rules and they're there and they're, they have been and should mm -hmm. be followed but i think the main rule wh whoever you are whether you're an expert in the law mm -hmm. or whether you're a subject of the laws, I think what you have to do, especially if you're an expert, yeah. is look for interconnectivity, is to try to find that. I think interconnectedness is the key. Yep. Um, without it, without trying to be synced mm -hmm. with, if you're a leader with your followers or to be synced, you know, to nature. Mm -hmm. We just had Earth Day, so that's kind of like in yeah. my mind to be Mm -hmm. To try to find the interconnect interconnectedness with yeah. with others around you. Here, Jesus like makes a long list. You know, mm -hmm. the foreigner, the, the slave, the yeah. high person, the low person. Sure, you know, uh, find find that ability to unify with it and and connect with all those people that you see. Mm -hmm. That's you know, exactly right. That's you know. Then yeah, you got your laws. Mm -hmm. You know, and you got you know what's right, you know what's wrong, and you've got to you got a way for society and the temple to be created and order to be maintained, you know. Mm -hmm. But the main thing, the main thing is to be with one another. Yeah. And not be Ze Zechariah you know, says uh, it in um in verse Zechariah seven nine, in the middle of nine, admin uh show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not plot evil against one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against one another. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, be good to one another. The Beatitudes again. That's exactly right. And it's and it's that you can have all the religious ceremonies you want if mm -hmm. you're not practicing the Beatitudes and the Golden Rule, then mm -hmm. it's meaningless. Yeah. And essentially, I think what both Jesus and Zechariah are saying, don't get caught up in all of the pomp and circumstance, you know. Although I do my rituals. No, no, no. What I mean, <laughs> it, whether you do or whether you don't, if it's for the goodness and the glory of God to be close to them, if it's if if you got into the pomp and circumstances just by itself, that's a problem. Yeah. Like I think I told you about my mom who loved to collect crosses, and she was like, "Oh, you collect crosses," and I think she was more focused on the crosses than than the actual, you know, getting into the Bible yes. and yeah. actually, you know, knowing the true meaning of it all. This is my biological mom, not my second mom, who's an ordained minister. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't want to get in trouble with her. It's Mother Day's coming up. That's right. Know. Yes, true. That's right. True. I'm going to read 27. <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Uh -huh. While he was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out to him and said, 
Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts that nursed you. Like, <laughs> there you go. She's talking to Jesus. And he, yeah. and he said, like, uh, he replied, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <There> you. Mom. <laughs> I wonder if it was Mom who cried that out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No. But I bet her name was Mary, well, I mean, whoever she, it was. Yep. There's a lot of Marys, you know. It, I think I think they do it on purpose yeah. mm-hmm. to confuse us. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we um, – I know we covered a lot, but yeah. I th- what do we you mean? Did. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Anyone else close us out in prayer? Shall I? Yeah. Oh, dear Lord, thank you once again for letting us come together. Uh, once again on a Saturday, reading your scripture, understanding your word, gives us a real bump up through the week. And uh, I hope uh, – that we're enriched by this and that other people that we interact with throughout this week are enriched by this. It's a blessing to come to you and be together with, with, uh, with everyone. And uh, I thank you for that in the name of Christ. Thank you and amen. 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 All right. So here's my final blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back on God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or on SoundCloud and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast where you're already listening, but you can tell your friends on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up iTunes, click on Store, go to the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for you got to have faith, and you'll find us. If you're an Android user, download SoundCloud or just go to SoundCloud.com. Search for you got to have faith, and you will find us. Thank you for listening, and God bless.